Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You are listening to the Fly the W670 podcast. This is season two. It is episode 17. Cubs spring training, no hitter. Don't forget to listen, download, review, and subscribe to the Fly the W podcast. In this segment, Crawley interviews former Cubs all-star, Jody Davis, Jody, Jody Davis, King of the Cubs Frontier, in honor of Harry Carey. Joining me now on the Fly the W podcast, I'm with all-star catcher who played for the Cubs from 1981 to 1988. I am happy to welcome Jody Davis. Jody, how are you? I'm doing great. Uh, We've we've spent an adventurous afternoon to get this. I'm glad we finally got this internet working. We, we did it, Jody. We were successful. Um, the reason I asked you to come on, besides being one of my favorite Cubs, is you've had a lot of experience in your career with spring training. We've obviously been in uh, for a couple of weeks now. Spring training's been going on. You were drafted by the Mets in 1976, and you were traded to the Cardinals in 1979. So two of the Cubs' big rivals back in the day. But the Cubs picked you up in 1980 on the Rule 5 draft. When you were a young player, what did you remember about your first few spring trainings? What was that experience like? Well, my first one, I, you know, I was drafted out of high school and I had never caught a game until I was out of high school. Uh, we uh, had a really good uh, American Legion team that, that played in the summer and went to one state, but our, our catcher got hurt one day and uh, we had a double hitter coming up and our Legion coach says, uh, hey, Jody, can you try and catch? And I, I said, yeah, I'll try it, and fell in love with it, did pretty good. Uh, went on, got drafted. I caught about 15 games. So uh, my first spring training, I was just trying not to get killed. Uh, I had to buy a catcher's mitt to go to spring training. I didn't even have one. I was just borrowing one when I'd catch, you know, in Legion. And uh, so I was a little over my head the first couple of spring trainings as I learned how to catch and uh, – Finally, about the third and the fourth, I, you know, I kind of picked it up a little bit. But, you know, the guys that I was catching uh, in American Legion weren't throwing near as hard as what I ended up seeing when I got to spring training. When you got to those early spring trainings, were there any guys that you were just kind of in awe that you saw, guys that maybe you watched on TV or listened to on the radio that you couldn't believe that they were in the same camp with you or that you were playing against? Oh, not that much early, you know, uh, like I said, I went right into like a high school level. So, you know, we, we were looking at the AAA and that and the big league guys uh, in the stadiums uh, a little bit different. You know, we, we wanted their job, but 
at that particular time, I was just fighting for my life and, and trying to learn how to catch. Now, as a young player at spring training, what did you think was important to do to get the attention of the managers and the veteran teammates to get them to notice you? Well, obviously, you know, everybody's coming from all over the world and, and all over the country. And, and for me, I thought it was huge that, that I let the coaches know that I was in shape. So when I went to spring training, I didn't want to be that guy that went to spring training to get in shape. Uh, I wanted I wanted to know those guys to know right away that, uh, you know, that I'd been working and, and I came in ready to play. That's, that's a way to do it. Now, you made your major league debut on April 21st, 1981. Now, do you remember that spring training prior to the 1981 season? You didn't break camp with the team, but it wasn't long before you were there. Did someone talk to you like a coach that you're close that you may be called up? Uh, no, nobody, nobody told me at all. Uh, you know, I, I knew that I was rule five, but going into that spring training, I was playing winter ball in Mexico. So I got through playing winter ball and had about eight or 10 days off before spring training started. So I went in there, I was, you know, pretty much uh, regular season shape. So, uh, and then the rule five, I, I knew I was going to get to spend at least 90 days in the big leagues or I was going to go back to St. Louis. So I didn't, I didn't figure that, that the Cubs are going to let me go back to St. Louis. So, uh, but it came right down to the wire and I had to go uh, in the office and ask Joe Amalfitano if I was going to make the team, you know, I, I got a pack to go to Chicago or I got a pack to go somewhere else. And if I'm not going to Chicago, I'm going to be here a little bit longer. So uh, he let me know that, that I was, was going to break camp with the team and uh, awful exciting times uh, get to get on that plane and go to Wrigley field and work out and play. Now, in 1983, you played a career-high 151 games. You batted 271. You hit 24 home runs. Jody, look at this picture right here. This is from spring training 1983. And for the podcast listeners out there, Jody's talking about coming to camp in shape. The guy's got bicep and forearms. Looks like Popeye. Looked like you were ready to play. Uh, when you had that season right now in 83 you had that great year in 84 you got your first all-star game selection as you became an established veteran on the team did that change your approach to spring training oh not a whole lot uh I think I probably made as much progress after my first complete season my rookie year going into my second season because uh Dallas Green came over First thing he did was brought Keith Moreland with him, and he said right in the right in the paper that Keith Moreland was going to be his catcher. And so I, I had a little extra incentive. I worked out really hard all winter because I, I, I'm saying to myself, Keith Moreland's not getting my job. And then got to spring training, and and Keith and I ended up being best friends. And Keith was telling me, so just be patient. They're going to find a place for me to go play and hit. You're going to be the catcher. And we, like I said, we really got along. So. Uh, I kind of took that starting job over uh, in 82. And then, like you said, going into 83, I was a little more comfortable going into the season because I felt like I was going to be the catcher. So, uh, uh, you know, obviously went to spring training ready, ready to work and uh, in shape and, and, and had a great year. Now, you mentioned Dallas Green, and, and that was my generation of Cubs baseball watching and falling in love with it. 
Very similar this year, Jed Hoyer brought a lot of high character, high leadership guys with experience winning in winning organizations. You're talking about Dansby Swanson. You're talking about Cody Bellinger, Jamison Tyone. These are guys that have a winning pedigree. Same thing happened with you guys when Dallas Green in what, 83, when 84, when he starts to bring in uh, Bobby Dernier and Gary Matthews, guys that had a reputation as leaders in the clubhouse. How did that make a difference with the clubhouse dynamics when those guys came to the team? Oh, it was huge. Uh, and, you know, it started back in 82. Uh, like I said, Dallas came over and he brought in Keith Moreland and and I think Dickie Knowles and, and some of those guys that were proven winners in Philadelphia, guys that, that Dallas knew from Philadelphia and they knew that they were – we're all about winning and uh, paying the price. And uh, that's kind of what got us started. And then 84, we, we we had a lot better team in 83. But 84, you know, we, we weren't having a great spring training. And uh, they brought in the Sarge and Bobby D uh, with about four or five games to go in spring training. And that, that was two pieces of the puzzle that we were really missing. We needed a leadoff guy in front of Rhino, and we needed a, another veteran leader. I mean, we had Larry Boa there since uh, 82. But uh, bringing in Sarge, I think, gave everybody in the clubhouse more confidence. And then, of course, he went and, and got Sutcliffe in June and then Eckersley a little bit later, and all the pieces just fell into place. Now, you had a great career. You know, pretty much the, your entire career was almost with the Cubs. You know, you did a little bit of time with uh, the Atlanta Braves. But when your career was over, you were a minor league manager and a roving catching instruction instructor for the Cubs. I know you managed the, the Peoria Chiefs, Daytona Cubs. You won championships there, the Boise Hawks. Um, the Cubs have an interesting minor league staff, a lot, of great, uh, a lot of great coaches in there. When you guys are in spring training as minor league coaches, how much does the manager kind of you know, kind of get your opinion or your input on certain players, certain things that you were, I know, I think you coach, you know, when you were in the Cubs system, Dusty Baker and Luke Pinello were managers. Did you ever, you know, have conversations about young players and kind of let those guys know what those, you know, what, what you thought about those players? Uh, not too much. I, I was at such a low level, you know, I, I spent most of my managing uh, in low A and then at Daytona and high A. So those guys weren't really interested too much uh, about the guys that I had at the lower levels. But as I moved up and got into Cincinnati, uh, AAA hitting coach, AAA manager, AA manager, uh, the the big league managers were a lot more uh, interested in in the guys that I had because they knew that that those guys could jump, you know, from where I was then. So uh, it was a lot more conversation. Okay. And so, like you mentioned, you not only worked for the Cubs, you also worked for the Reds, you also worked for the Padres uh, as a hitting instructor. And so, you you know, with those three teams, the Cubs, the Reds, the Padres, as a manager, as a coach, were there any players that you saw in spring training that right away you said, that guy's special, that guy has a chance to really have a, a, a potentially Hall of Fame career in the MLB? Oh, uh, I... I don't know if we could go as far as saying uh, Hall of Fame guys. Uh, everybody kind of sees something a little different in these guys and, and certainly uh, saw some guys that thought were going to play in the big leagues, didn't know how, you know, how far they could go. Uh, 
I was a catching coordinator and actually converted Robinson Chirinos from a middle infielder to a catcher. So that was, that was a big thrill for me to watch his career and uh, all the games that he played as a catcher and, uh, you know, really had a great relationship with, with Robin. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now, I don't, I'm sure you're aware, but Gabby Hartnett leads the Cubs catchers with the most home runs with 231, but you're second. With 122, right behind you is Wilson Contreras, who finished his Cub career with 117. So, you know, it's interesting to me. I don't know if you've been kind of, you know, watching or following along to kind of that drama, but the Cubs seem to feel that they're they're emphasizing uh, run prevention this year. Pitching and run prevention seems to be where they're really kind of pushing. How important was that conversation and, and relationship that you had with the starting pitchers like Sutt and Trout and all those guys? How important is that, that communication and, and confidence that they have that they could throw whatever pitch and they knew that Jody Davis wasn't going to let it get past him? Well, that's, that's pretty much what they told me. Uh, when I first came to the big leagues in 81, my rookie year, they told me they wanted me to catch lock balls, throw runners out and call a good game, lead these pitchers through. So, I mean, actually at one time they told me they didn't care if I ever got a hit, but, you know, being a competitor and I'd always felt like I could hit throughout the minor leagues. uh, For me, defense was totally number one. Uh, If I could get a hit to win a game, you know, I got to pick my spots. Uh, Obviously if I'm going up there in the ninth inning, we're down a couple runs. uh, I'm trying to change the score. So, the way I run, I wasn't trying to get singles, but uh, the communication with the pitchers uh, is huge. Uh, these guys, you know, I, well, I, if you're catching every day, it's easy because you're out there with them every day and, and you learn what they're thinking and, and you know what their stuff is. So uh, the communication part is just uh, is just huge. And, and, and the funny thing right now, I don't, you know, now that they have this pitch com, Jody, where the catcher and the pitcher can kind of communicate, how much would you have enjoyed doing that as opposed to putting down the fingers and the signs? Well, I, you know, I, I don't know. I'm, I have mixed feelings, especially on, you know, a guy can't throw the first or he can't try to pick off. I mean, that, that's a huge part of, slow, of slowing base stealers down. Uh, of course, I played in an era where everybody was running, you know, a lot more than, uh, than nowadays. So I don't know how that's going to affect the game, but uh, I think holding runners on, man, that's a huge part of a pitcher's game and uh, we'll see how it plays out. But, you know, it's, I'm kind of mixed feelings because the, 
you know, the the commissioner, baseball, you know, that they, they want offense. I mean, everything is created. Offense puts people in the seats, right? You know, the, you know, the attendance records are, are, you know, they want to see offense. The fans want to go to a game, see offense now. So if you're going to have offense, the games are going to run a little bit longer. It takes longer innings to, to score some runs. So, uh, you know, and being in the minor leagues, we're, we're so used to the pitch clock down there. Uh, you know, it's it's almost like it it wasn't even there because pitchers now they are going to get the ball and throw it. They they understand that working fast is better for their defense. So, uh, be interesting to see how that works out. Yeah, like like you said, you have the disengagement rule. You have you know the bigger bases now to try to increase. I remember like you saying the guys like Vince Coleman and Willie McGee. And all those, you know, Bobby D, all those guys running around like crazy. It was a lot of fun. So there's going to be a lot of pressure on the catchers as far as, you know, trying to make sure you have a strong arm. You can throw it to second. And I think the back pick is going to be important too. Yeah, um, I, I didn't quite understand you. I, I think you were talking about the size of the bases and uh, the rule changes and all. I don't think that the size of the bases is going to have much of an impact, to tell you the truth. Hmm. Now, I know last season you visited the South Bend Cubs. What words did you have for the minor leaguers, and did you have a chance to talk to their young catchers like Pablo Aliendo and Casey Opitz? I did not have a chance to talk to the catchers. I, I did talk uh, with the offensive players. Uh, I got to sit in on an offensive meeting, and it's amazing today, uh, and, and I knew this as a manager uh, in the double AA, A, triple A level, how much information offensive guys have on pitchers now. I mean, they got video from every pitch that they've ever thrown in the minor leagues. So, you know, you can get a, a good read on and a good game plan on a pitcher. And so, uh, you know, it was just, uh, it was interesting to sit into those meetings and uh, watch those guys come up with a game plan for the game. Now, you know, I did, this is a picture right here of you and I, uh, we were, we were at the bar at, uh, at Cubs convention. How much fun was it for you to be back at Cubs convention and how much fun is it to see your old teammates? That that's what makes it for us. So obviously, uh, Cub fans are the best fans in the world and getting that three days to, uh, mingle with them and hear their stories about when we played and, uh, and so on and so on with that. But, the reunion with the guys that we played with is really just uh, incredible, you know, see those guys. Cause, cause we do, you know, we're, we're around the ballpark all summer, but a lot of times we're never there at the same time. So, you know, getting to see your old teammates and uh, even, even the guys that played in front of us, Billy Williams and those guys, Fergie, uh, that that's what makes it a great trip for us. Now the last couple of days, Pat Hughes has been calling games with your old pitcher, Rick Sutcliffe, here's a picture of you and Sut at Wrigley Field. I'm guessing someone was throwing a first pitch. Maybe you were catching the first pitch. Have you been, you know, watching Sut doing his stuff on the broadcasting? Do you ever get a laugh and you enjoy listening to his calls of the game? Yeah, I enjoy listening to him. Uh, <laughs> you know, you got to know Sut as good as I do to, to know when he's really uh, full of it. If I guess I can use that, but uh, – but no, Sutt really knows the game and has been around it a long time. And, uh, you know, he's been behind that mic a long time. And, and just huge congratulations to Pat uh, on getting into the Cubs Hall of Fame. Uh, something that, that we all strive for, I guess. And, uh, 
hopefully some of that 84 bunch will go in here in the next couple of years. I can tell you that Cubs Twitter is is pounding their fists for more 84 Cubs in the Cubs Hall of Fame and to have you guys get recognized. I, I don't think, Jody, sometimes people realize, you know, they, they think of Wrigley Field and they think of sold out 40,000 every day and they don't understand that, you know, after that, that 1969, when you talk about the mid to late 70s to the early 80s, Wrigley Field was empty. What you guys help put everything back on the map. Well, that's, that's one thing that we're proud of. Uh, we, we kind of feel like we got the Cubs started in this direction. Uh, we didn't get it quite done there in 84. We, you know, we, we let that slip away, but uh, uh, we, we kind of feel like we, we started uh, the organization back on the track of winning again. And, and like you said, uh, my rookie year first, 81, 82, 83, you know, it would, it'd be a sellout on opening day and then they'd be 4,000 there on the next day. So uh, it's, it's great to go to Wrigley, uh, you know, especially when it's full like this, uh, just a great ballpark. You know, we were talking about the 84 team next year marks the 40th anniversary of that 1984 team. So for those of people that are listening to this podcast right now and are like, why is Crawley not talking about 84 we are going to talk to a lot of the 84 guys next year for the celebration. I just loved it. You know, Jody has so many good opinions about spring training and as both a, a player and a manager, I wanted to have him on to talk about that. So don't worry. It's coming with Jody. We'll, we'll get him back on here, but Jody, one exciting thing is you started dabbling now a little bit into social media and I wanted people to kind of know that this is really you. So if, you know, sometimes there's a lot of fake social media accounts, this is your official social media account right here. It says, this is your Facebook account. It says Jody Davis. It's got a great picture of Jody swinging. Look at that. Look at the head placement, Jody. Look at the head placement right there. That's, that's a home well, that, run, I think. Yeah, I think I hit a grand slam on that swing. Uh, it, it's on one of my baseball cards, actually. And uh, we found that we found the picture that wasn't the baseball card. So it doesn't look like a baseball card. But uh, yeah, that was. Uh, pretty good swing there. And uh, like you said, uh, I'm just getting into this social media thing. So uh, hopefully everybody will, will come on board and follow and uh, we can have some fun with this. And so this right here is Jody Davis with him swinging on Facebook. And then the background banner is a Davis jersey with his number seven. So that's where you look at Facebook. Now, Jody, you're also on Twitter. And for those people that want to follow Jody Davis on Twitter, it's at Jody Davis MLB and I'll make sure to link it for everybody that's interested it says the official account professional athlete who played major league baseball for 10 seasons and coached many many more so at Jody Davis MLB will be your Twitter account I already see that you're active a lot of the pictures that I put up on this podcast came from your Twitter account so you're doing a great job and as a Cub fan like I said who grew up and lived and died with that 84 team I appreciate you taking some time today, Jody, to come on and, and tell us a little bit about your spring training experiences. Well, thanks for having me on, Crawley. Uh, it's been fun, and hopefully we have to do it many more times. Absolutely, and we'll see you pretty soon, hopefully at Club 400 pretty soon. All right, we'll do it. You take care, Jody. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey. 